When it comes to adapting to remote work, step one is to reaffirm you made the right decision because you did. And knowing that in your bones will make adapting to remote working so much easier. And you'll be well on your way to developing a responsible, flexible, sensible remote working style, maintaining physical health, fitness, and emotional well-being on purpose, and enjoying a natural, effortless rhythm in your work and in your life. You are listening to the Thriving Empire Podcast Season 4, all about how to be a brilliant remote worker. Whether you're a seasoned remote worker, you found yourself reluctantly working from home, or you simply want to move from a co-located office role to one that is 100% remote, you're going to love this season. We talk to the founders and leaders of remote teams who share with us their insights on the qualities, characteristics, skills, knowledge, and experience that enable you to be a brilliant remote worker. So if you want to know how to be the best at what you do in the remote work reality, you're going to love this season. I'm your host, Stephanie Holland, remote marketing strategist, traveler, coconut macaroon addict, and remote work style obsessed. Let's get started. Well, hey there. How are you this week? I am really excited about this episode. It's all about adapting to remote working. And even though due to a last minute unforeseen circumstance in which David couldn't actually join me in person for the recording, I actually sent him the questions and he recorded his answers so that I could create this episode for you. Now, David, is fantastic. He's a change practitioner. He's an Enneagram coach, which we're going to talk a lot more about in the next episode, actually. He's going to be on that episode with us as well. He's a passionate golfer, which he's very, very cleverly woven into his coaching business model. Um, And he's a hobbyist musician. We actually met 15 years ago at Microsoft. And like me, he's obsessed with all things digital and has a true entrepreneur spirit. Um, nowadays, he's focusing mostly on change management and coaching. And I think it's really beautiful that his favorite quote, and I'm not going to butcher the French, but the translation is basically this, nothing is lost, nothing is created, all is transformed. And that was very aptly coined by a French chemist called Lavoisier. So I've probably even butchered his surname as well. <laughs> but um Just in terms of that quote, nothing is lost, nothing is created, all is transformed. Nothing could be more true than when we talk about the transformation transformation you go through as you adapt to remote working. And by the way, I have made you a one-page worksheet to go with this episode so that you can action the content right away. It'll take you eight minutes to do the worksheet. So I really recommend you download it now and either workshop it as you listen to this episode or do the worksheet right after you listen. So you can download your free copy at stephanieholland.co forward slash 96, where you can also find the show notes, of course. Now, I asked David to create this episode with me because adapting to remote work can be hard. It takes time to develop new habits and a whole new work style. And because it's so immersive, you're also required to reconsider not just your work-life balance, but work-life integration. Because there's no more leaving the office. You leave your co-working space or your favorite cafe, or actually my favorite place to work are big, beautiful libraries. Or you have to switch off from your office hours whilst watching Netflix on the same computer or eating dinner on the same table. So it is quite hard. But you know, what if you could consciously manage this massive change and adapt to it more quickly? Well, you would be able to 
develop a responsible, flexible, remote working style. You'd be able to maintain physical health, um, fitness, and emotional well-being on purpose. You'd be able to be more deliberate with your personal life and your social needs, and you'd be able to enjoy a natural, effortless rhythm in your work and in your life. But listen, don't worry if this feels really far from your current reality. David and I are here to help you adapt to remote working as quickly and joyfully as possible. In fact, we have a two-step plan for you. Step one is to reaffirm you made the right decision because I can tell you right now, you did. And this makes adapting to remote working so much easier because you're spending all your energy and headspace figuring it out not on how hard it is. And step two is about using your personality type to inform exactly your approach to adapting to remote working. So first I want to let you know that adapting to remote working is challenging, okay? It's okay that you're finding it challenging. And David and I also, both from firsthand experience, know that as well. You are undergoing the challenges of any new job, which can include things like learning what you're actually meant to be doing, which is often different from the job post, where and where you know your role fits within the team, the company, and business strategy. The onboarding process, which can be very structured and intense while you demonstrate they made the right choice in hiring you. Getting to know people, what they do, how they can help you in your role, and allowing them to get to know you as well, personally and professionally. Learning their communication style, specifically the communication patterns and culture of the company. Establishing expectations with management and leadership and beginning to figure out how to meet those expectations. Getting used to new systems and processes and generally hitting the ground running as fast as you can. And then you've got all the challenges specific to a remote role on top of that. The first of which is doing everything I've just mentioned, but remotely getting used to digital infrastructure and toolkits, especially geared towards remote working, getting used to a plethora of tech stacks, marketing stacks, communication stacks, all this new tech you'll be using in your role and within the company, adapting to synchronous and asynchronous communication, which takes a while to get used to, the subtle nuances of connecting, collaborating, and communicating remotely, enjoying your new freedom and flexibility, which is the best part, and managing your own schedule, especially when you're measured against your output and deliverables and no longer against your hours. So this isn't just something you need to get on with. No one can just tell you to put your best foot forward. There is a lot going on, a lot that's different. This is a big change. So let me break down some of the specific challenges you might be facing because they can be found between the lines of what I just mentioned. So we're talking about being able to stay productive and motivated without someone looking over your shoulder getting to know your colleagues personally when you can't just bump into them in the kitchen, bathroom, or the proverbial water cooler, adapting your communication style, both writing for channels like Discord and Slack, and how you conduct yourself on video and audio where tone can be taken out of context and there's no body language to get the full picture. And by the way, 80% of communication is body language and video does not replace this. We're also talking about the challenge of overworking and potentially burnout, especially if you're living and working in the same space like your kitchen table. 
You need to be able to create a healthy schedule. We're talking about work-life balance, work-family balance, or work-study balance, as we learned from Helena Meron back in episode 95. We're talking about about being able to enjoy your newfound flexibility and freedom without feeling guilty. And we need you to be able to focus on deliverables and outcomes and not on the hours you work. So those three elements right there will prevent you from overworking and burning out. So what we really wanted to offer you today is is that if you take personal responsibility for this change and not leave it up to the onboarding process or your manager or your company, then you can actually create some very different, very positive results for yourself very quickly as you adapt to remote working on your own terms. And these are some of the positive outcomes you could expect. You could be able to transform isolation and loneliness into a responsible, autonomous work ethic. You could create physical health, fitness, and emotional well-being and sustain it because it just feels good and it fuels your productivity, creativity, and motivation. You could become more deliberate with your personal social life and social needs so that you get exactly what you need despite working mostly alone, with the ultimate result that you develop a natural, effortless rhythm in your work and in your life. So that's where we aim to help you get to through this episode. And I just want to reaffirm, from day one of your remote working life, you are faced with this radical change in work style and lifestyle at the same time. It is a lot. So David and I both really believe that it's something that you need to be very, very aware of and consciously manage. So here's the first question I asked David. What are the benefits of consciously managing change rather than just giving yourself time to get into a new groove? which obviously can just turn into a frightfully long piece of string, right? Firstly, even though we choose change, we have a resistance to change by default. We find old habits and reflexes reassuring, comforting. Habits provide security and a sense of control in our lives. So bringing more awareness to this consciously managed change helps us reinforce the desire for this change, for the reasons which motivated it. The results will be a rewiring of our brain so that created new habits become a possibility. Secondly, we can't always rely on the company to help us manage the change we're experiencing. After the onboarding process, there will be changes and flux through the team changes, company growth, promotions, new roles. It's useful to have a formula or methodology for managing change whenever you need it. This will provide you serenity and anchorage during the massive change seasons that can occur most of the time unexpected. Thirdly, change is part of our life. The faster you adapt, the more quickly you can enjoy the benefits of your choices and decisions. There is no point in fighting against the inherent changes that life is putting in front of us on a daily basis. The more you get tight, rigid in front of a force or an undesired situation, the more chances you have to break. In The Origins of Species, Charles Darwin showed that those species that adapt best to their changing environment have the best chance of surviving, while those who do not adapt do not make it. 
So at the most basic level, this is about our survival. Because remember, fighting also uses a lot of our energy and headspace, which could be much more effectively invested by actually adapting to the change. So here was my next question for David. How do we begin to manage the change we're experiencing to more smoothly transition to a new work style and lifestyle? There are basic questions to answer regarding your new remote working context or situation. Question one, why did you choose to start remote working? The answers to this question will basically establish the roots of your personal strategy facing the change. Your own mission vision as a human being in a work context environment, if you like. By asking yourself this question, it will force you to unveil or discover your inner motivations and purposes. It's sort of a quest, if you like, related to the change you are experiencing or embracing. Give yourself the opportunity to build your personal story that will keep you aligned with your choice. The more conscious you are of the reasons which have led you to where you stand, the more rooted you will be and therefore the more comfort you will build for yourself. So finding the why will reveal the underlying forces, the underlying arguments at play in your decision and will definitely provide you with a confirmation of your decision. This is the aspirational dimension. Probably you will come up with values and conceptual ideas here, such as freedom, time, taking as big generic words. As an example, I want to get in control with my daily rhythm and I wish to keep my independence of movement. I want to feel in charge. Such a good question. And for me, the answer is that I want to live where I want to live, not where the job opportunities are. I love living and working on my balcony on the beach in Mexico. I'm surrounded by butterflies, dragonflies, and hummingbirds. I really love working in the elements with the sounds of the ocean instead of commuting on a train to an office. So every choice I make helps me align with these desires. If you are workshopping this episode, hit pause for five minutes and then rejoin us for question two. Question number two, why, why did you want to start remote working now? This question is allowing you to anchor your decision in the here and now. With the previous question, we have been a little bit flying and smoking, as we say in Belgium, which is uh, we've smoked some, you know, herbs, uh, if I may say so, um, with a more intemporal approach to the change. Here, with this second question, we are rooting our action in the present. This will charge us, this will boost us with confidence and considerations that are related to the current situation we are in. Sometimes the change we take can come from inside ourselves, an autonomous and conscious decision, but sometimes it can also be affected by external causes, a life event, the life stage, uh, other circumstances. This is the rational dimension, so you might come up with practical elements here. No more traffic, uh, more family time, etc. So example I can give is, is because I can save up time for being more with my partner and take that theater subscription so that I can uh, do my groceries in my neighborhood at the local market and no longer in supermarkets because I feel 
uh, a need to free up some time to do other things. Music, for instance, in my case. And for me, my answer to this question is a little bit different. I mean, mostly it centers around life events. So, for example, I love to relaunch my career every decade. I love to seize opportunities as they arise without changing my country or lifestyle to do it. And I love changing country and lifestyle without having to change my job as well. So for me, it's very practical. So I think about what are my current goals and whether it's a new passion project like writing a book or launching this podcast or maybe launching my own agency and working with different strategy clients or rejoining a team as an employee. These are the kind of goals that shape what I'm doing and why right now and how I'm able to work in the here and now. So if you're workshopping this episode, hit pause now and rejoin us in a minute. Question number three, what if you didn't start remote working now? What would you be missing out on? What would you regret later? What are the risks of not starting? These questions allows us to underline our convictions and therefore to reinforce our need decision for the change. It is another way to reflect on the question why now, but this time linked to what will happen if you do nothing. What is at risk for you of doing nothing? Is it any good for you to stay in the current situation? Are you happy with that situation, etc.? I like to put myself in the shoes of a version of me at 85 years old, on my deathbed, and ask myself, what would I regret? Kind of a bucket list moment, if you like. It is more to focus on the risks of not changing. You might observe potential downsides, such as not witnessing my kids' first walk, my, my kids' first words, not allowing myself to be in line with my personal biorhythm now that I have turned 40, not enjoying the seasons in my dream house, etc. Well, <laughs> we had a bit of a laugh about this, but um, while David has the deathbed test... <laughs> I have the twilight test at the same age where I'm nowhere near dying, um, which is a very funny difference in perspective that will become very clear when we talk about personality types in the next episode. But basically, the twilight test is this. When I'm a wiser and very much alive version of myself in my 80s, what will I wish I would have done or experienced now? Now, this answer to that question always seems to align with my desire to explore all corners of my career, relaunch my career every decade to see what I'm capable of and who I will become as a result of doing that. And choices and decisions that tick those boxes for me are always a yes. Or am I cutting myself off from those opportunities that are really important to me? So this creates a huge plus to really embrace my current decision and the change it's creating for me now. So hit pause if you're workshopping this episode and join us again in a few minutes. Question number four, what's in it for me? Let's discover the personal motivators that are driving uh, your desire for the change. Because let's face it, without desire, there will be no action anyway. This is the time for you to list all the benefits, all the perks that you will get out of the new situation, specifically and precisely. For instance, less stress. So with the sentence, it will go like, since I work remotely, I experience less stress. It can be better food. It can be better sleep, better skin, 
Yes, if you go in the countryside for remote working, I can guarantee you that your skin will improve. It can be more physical activities or, or less working hours and so on and so forth. So what's in it for me? Well, I thrive on spending time alone. I'm a complete introvert, definitely not shy, super confident, but introvert. I have way more energy when I'm in my own company, which is my favorite company. <laughs> um, and from a work perspective, less distractions, which means I'm more productive, which means I have more time to enjoy the freedom and flexibility offered by remote working. I also really love going to the gym at 11 a.m. when no one else is there. In fact, I enjoy everything better when no one else is there. So I'm able to go to the beach, my favorite cafes, and pretty much anywhere I like when no one else is there. That is what's in it for me. And I love it. So again, if you're workshopping this episode, hit pause and join us again for the outro. Okay. So you've answered those four questions, right? What next? Or as I bluntly like to say, so what? How do these answers help us with the transition? So to clarify, we've done the thought work. We've done the thinking, right? We've raised our awareness around our reasons why we started remote working. How on earth does any of this make the transition easier? And what can we do to sustain the positivity and awareness and really stoke this desire as we adapt to remote working? So we've grasped the awareness and established the desire for change that motivated the decision to start remote working. We have created this new paradigm for ourselves with arguments and reasons, and we are in the process of rewiring our brain to accept and enjoy this new experience and this new me in this experience. The next phase is to maintain it over time. So how can we do that? And I would split it in two. The first one would be the the midterm, and the second one will be the short term, so the daily routine. So for the midterm, you can, for instance, decide to get back to those four questions that we've just seen from time to time and to challenge yourself, to challenge your situation. I would certainly suggest that you do that every three to six months. For the short term, which is the daily basis, if you like, how can you build acceptance to that new situation? How can you build comfort and security when you find yourself in unknown territory? I use a very basic technique that helps me to relax and accept the new environment, the new rhythm, the new context I'm adapting to. It's called cardiac coherence. It's kind of a meditative breathwork practice that helps us create a state of calm so we can deal with anxiety and other symptoms that emerge when we choose to change. So how do you do it? You will start with breathing in for five seconds and then breathe out for five seconds and continue for five minutes. Do that three times per day when you wake up at midday and around 5 p.m. Remember, 365 as a mnemonic trick. Three times per day, six breaths a minute during five minutes. So you can begin to rewire your brain with just four questions. So it's a really easy way to start doing that. And as, as to cardiac coherence, the breathwork practice, I really love it. And I often keep breathing that cycle of breath where my timer goes off. And I've been doing it since David mentioned it. Uh, we had a chat about maybe six weeks ago. And it's really, really good. I personally really enjoy it. But I love breathwork practice anyway. 
Either way, it's really helpful to find a method for adapting to change because our life and work is in a constant change uh, or state of change and state of flux. We can really use this double practice, the four questions and some kind of anchoring breath work to adapt to any kind of change in our remote career, which might be your first remote job or your next remote job because they are so different from one job to the next, from one company to the next. It could be managing the change from working from home to an actual remote first company with a digital infrastructure and toolkit. You could be becoming a manager of a remote team, which is very different to simply being a remote employee. You could have a new remote boss and you could steer your career into a new direction, new career path, new role, new category, new industry, whatever. That there's so there's so much change ahead of you. So at this point, I think this is a really good place to wrap up this episode. We could go on and on about this topic. It is so interesting, but it's a really good kickstart for the practice of adapting to remote working. So go ahead and grab a piece of paper and workshop this episode or download the worksheet at stephanieholland.co forward slash 96 if you haven't done it already. As you know, the proof is in the practice. <laughs> so just answer these questions, put pen to paper, really give it some work, give it two minutes per question. It'll take you eight minutes. Now, if you want one-on-one coaching through this change model or other tools that David has in his change tool belt, you can actually work with him directly. Here's how. Go to theafter.digital or email me at david at theafter.digital. But on my website, if you go there, you can book a time to talk with me directly. And then we'll evaluate your needs. And if we're fit, we'll start working remotely together. So when it comes to adapting to remote work, step one is to reaffirm you made the right decision because you did. And knowing that in your bones and having that at the forefront of your mind will make adapting to remote working so much easier. And you'll be well on your way to developing a responsible, flexible, sensible remote working style, maintaining physical health, fitness, and emotional well-being on purpose, being more deliberate with your personal social life and social needs, and enjoying a natural, effortless rhythm in your work and in your life. So join us next week on the show for part two, where we share with you a method or a tool, so to speak, for using your personality type to inform exactly how you adapt to remote working in a very practical way. David will be guiding us through a powerful change tool called the Enneagram and some powerful tips for your personality type. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thriving Empire. I appreciate you being here and hanging out with me. Now, if you're not subscribed already, head over to stephanieholland.co, that's C-O, and sign up right on the page so that you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, I have a favor to ask you. Would you rate and review it on iTunes, please? Just search Thriving Empire on iTunes. Click subscribe, then ratings and reviews, and you'll be asked to give it a start rating and a quick sentence or two on what you think about it and what you think about me. Now, this will really help other people find it too, so that more people can build their career and create the life they really want simultaneously. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week and see you next time on Thriving Empire.